Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Phil Beckner. Coach Beckner is a highly regarded and sought-after player development coach. He works with NBA players, all-stars, draft picks, and also works with collegiate players and their programs. Coach Beckner brings a wealth of information today to the podcast, so I hope that you'll enjoy it and that you'll also work to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Appreciate you having me. Coach, I, I, I really want to start off kind of going down the, the line, you know, because I appreciate you being here, first of all. Second of all, uh, kind of how you kind of started out in coaching with the Weber State as a dobo, and then well, what, I, what I call a dobo, most people call a director of basketball operations, and then up to assistant, and then uh, your work in the G League with, in Oklahoma City, uh, Nebraska, uh, and then where I met you was – as an associate head coach at Boise State, seeing that you've gone through that journey and had some success, especially at Weber State with uh, with Damian Lillard, the NCAA tournament, all that stuff, uh, how, how did a, a young man from Buckeye, Arizona, uh, learn the game of basketball and, and who, who kind of taught it to you or how did you become interested in the game? Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of a, a sign that I'm getting old, or we're both probably getting old. But um, you know, basketball back then was more—it wasn't as much AAU, it wasn't as, you know YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. It was more uh, going to basketball camp at the time. Yeah. Like there were, you know, you'd go to a camp, and it was a seven-day camp. Like you know, at a place like up in Flagstaff, Arizona, where up north, and like you're literally up in the pines, and all you do is play basketball all day. You know, you have three wow. or four sessions. Sometimes they're on outside courts, and um, that that I'm I'm somewhat I'm a younger guy. I'm 36, but uh, I'm, I, you know, I grew up with old school coaches and old school basketball camps, and so fell into love. You know, fell in love with the game then, being around some great coaches, great mentors. Um, you know, great drills, obviously. Like I said, whether it's inside or outside, so that's kind of how I was first introduced to it. Yeah, same here. You know, here in San Antonio, uh, we have a, a, the Spurs. San Antonio Spurs have a camp for kids, and that's kind of how I was introduced as well. I mean, I, I I saw Michael Jordan one time on TV, and I said, you know, I want to come fly with him, and uh, so I got to figure out how to do that. And that's kind of how I was introduced to the game. Uh, so, kind of backtracking to when you were in high school and in college, what was your experience in, in, at both levels? As a player, um, you know what I did? I actually lost a lot. And there's a quote from Doc Rivers. You know, I think he said, and maybe other coaches have said it, he's like, you, you, you learn a lot more from losing than you do winning. Yeah. So, um, fortunately enough, as a coach, I've only been part of one losing season in about 15 years. And, and my story is a little bit unique. Yeah, well, I mean, it, usually you're pretty good when you have good players, though. So that's, uh, <laughs> I, I've been blessed to yeah. be around some really, really good players and have, you know, really good seasons. But, um, you know, my, my, my coaching path was a little bit different after my, you know, playing. But, um, like, when we played, we won two games my senior year in college. It was, it was an experience that was not fun. It didn't go well. We didn't win a game second semester. But being part of, you know, some negative circumstances, some bad seasons, some losing seasons, it, it showed me some things that, like, I just knew I would never do as a coach or couldn't allow or accept as a coach. 
And, um, you know, and luckily, it, you know, it's paid off and it's helped in some areas. So would you say maybe like that last final experience you had, like you said, your senior year, did that kind of help you to see maybe there was more to the game than just playing it? Agree. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, and I think that's something, um, you know, we're so tied up in wanting to be successful or going after these dreams and goals and aspirations we have both as, you know, a player, both as a coach, you know, same thing for me as a coach. One thing that's a little unique about me is I've literally coached at every level. I've coached junior high, I've coached high school, I've coached college, every level, college, mid-major, high-major, low-major, coached, you know, in the NBA, the G League for a year, kind of been able to do it all. And I think, you know, once you start to have a lot more experiences and go through different things in life and, you know, compete at different levels, and even going back to my college experience, like you said, you start to realize what really matters. And it's not always just measured in a win or loss. And I know that sounds cliche, but you look at these experiences and your growth and the connections and the relationships and what you get from those. And it ends up being pretty impactful uh, for the next step of your journey. So would you say that, you know, your experience as a college coach, you know, help. I always look at things that are translatable, you know, whether it's a kid's game at the high school level to the college level and then from college to the pros or whatever. I, I, my, my mind's always fixated on what translates to what. So as, a, so as a college coach, what were some of the lessons that you learned and then helped translate that into building culture into a program? Yeah, Coach, I think, um, you know, there, there's a big discrepancy. There's a big gap in our game today, um, especially uh, about levels. Like, like Coach Lopez, you're a heck of a coach. You do a great job down there. Everyone, you know, knows you, your reputation. But um, you, maybe, you. oh, he, he would be better if he was a college coach. He'd be better if he was an NBA coach. They might look at you and admire you more. One of the biggest things I've noticed is, like, the best coaches are the best teachers. And you right. talk about what's translatable. If you could teach this game and you could communicate with individuals, whether it's junior high, high school, college, MBA, like you, you're going to be pretty successful. And that's just yeah. my opinion based on my experience. But um, there's not enough teachers out there. Yeah. Junior high, you have to learn how to teach those little suckers. When you coach yeah. high school, <laughs> you don't get to recruit and pick yeah. all the – I was a high school JV coach my first two years and varsity assistant, man. You, you think, like, I thought I knew how to coach, man, I was clueless. So, because <laughs> those things that are translatable, being at different levels really helps you learn how to teach the game. And I think teaching is something that's learned, and that's why a lot of good coaches have also been high school teachers, or they were yeah. education yeah. majors in college. Um, but, you know, to piggyback off the rest of your question, you said some of the things that, that affect culture. Um, you, I personally think, and it's going to be different a little bit based on level just because of age and maturity. But um, there are some simple truths or foundational truths that translate every level for culture, but it has to be the type of culture you believe in. So your culture may be different than mine because you might believe in not really being on time. And maybe I believe in, man, we're always going to be early. Um, I, I have a kid out here training with me in Arizona right now. He won a state championship in high school had a good college experience. He, he was a division one player at a high major school. He played for, you know, started for all four years. And he said, the one thing I felt like we never had in college was an identity, was a culture. He's like, wow. it kind of changed. One year we show up and it kind of be this story. One, and to me, I don't care if it's college, if it's uh, the workouts we have going on in here in Phoenix, player development wise. I, I just, here's another great example. 
So, I mean, there's a college example. And then uh, I had a 10-year pro. He's had a very, very successful career. It's actually Evan Turner. He okay. came in, worked out with me this week, got traded to Atlanta this week. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, hey, just give me some feedback. You've been in. You've played for Brad Stevens. You've played in Philadelphia. You've been in Portland. You've been all these. You've trained with 9 million trainers now in 10 years and 9 million assistant coaches. He goes, I could tell walking in your gym, guys were getting better. Yeah. Whether it was you, your intern, he's like, there, a guy, there was a young guy just finished his rookie year in the NBA. He's like, everyone was getting better and there was a serious approach. To yeah. me, that's culture. And to me, that translates every level. Me and you, folks, yeah. we, we could be working on junior high kids in San Antonio, but what's the culture of our gym going to be like? What's right. the feel of our gym going to be like? So those foundational truths, those, those things transcend every level to me, in my opinion. That's those. Those are two great examples, or some great examples there, Coach. Because I, I've uh, really tried to reiterate time and time again and establish uh, to get better every day. You know, whether it's in the game, whether it's in coaching, whether it's uh, you know academically, especially from for the kids that I work with. And I think that speaks to that point: is uh, there's got to be an expectation for greatness in a sense. Maybe not, uh, you know, the triple double. Maybe not the the kid outperforming another kid or, or wins and losses, but are you, are you developing every day? Are you getting better every day? And I think that's really key to, to like the culture, like you're building, even with, you know, player development, that it's, it's, it's different to yeah. think that way. Like a kid walks in and, or a player walks in and says, Hey, wow, I can tell like there's this, there's a spirit there. There's a, there's just an expectation. I think that's really what it is. And when people walk in, they expect something and that's amazing to have that kind of uh, culture being built. Um, so, like, I think about leadership in who, where, where, where I'm at in that space. Uh, who or what comes to your mind when you hear the word leadership? Uh, you know, first, I think number one is leaders that have impacted me and, and mentors I've had. That, that always comes to mind. And then, you know, just. I think with leadership now, and again, it comes with time and age and maturity, but just like what, what leadership is. So, you know, the, the people, the coaches, the mentors I've had that have impacted me. Um, and then too, just like, what is leadership? And to me, leadership is, you know, serving, impacting and, and, uh, you know, loving and developing others. Like yeah. that's a really, really important, like if you're serving others, if you're impacting others, if you're loving and caring about them and, you know, trying to help them, you're, you're, you're probably, you know, being a pretty good leader. Yeah. And the one aspect I think um, that I struggle with sometimes in leadership or that I have to, as much as we're helping others, but, but a big part of leadership is self-growth because, wow. uh, you know, one of my, one of my mentors told me and, and just about three years ago, and, it, and it's truly impacted me as a person, as a coach, um, as a player development guy, but he just said, you can't give away what you don't possess. That's so true. As a coach, as a leader, you can't give away what you don't possess. So if you're working with a player who really, really lacks discipline on and off the court, like the dude's always late, the dude can't find his keys, you know, <laughs> or like you're, if you're not a disciplined individual, then you're not going to be able to help them with that. Right. So for me to serve and impact and love and grow others, like there has to be an extreme amount of self-growth and leadership, like constantly working on yourself, uh, having other people point out some blind spots, having other people have some honest conversations with you because it goes back to, you know, this, that, that simple phrase, you can't give away what you don't possess. Correct. Like, it's not going to happen. It, it's, again, if you're always late, you can't expect your players to be late. 
And um, I've been really, really blessed and been really, really um, grateful for some of the best leaders I've been around. Randy Ray at Weber State is one of the best. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is, I don't care what level, like he builds a culture, he leads others. And part of it, it goes back to what you said. um, He knows what he wants. He knows what what, what he, you know, expects going into the gym. He has some of those things laid out. And as a leader, one, one of his best phrases, I, I, I don't want to cuss on your podcast here, but he says, if you don't like it, you, you could pack your SHIT, you know, and he's like, he's not afraid to, to send some dudes, you know, to send some dudes home. So, um, that, that, just leadership, such a, you know, a big leadership and culture, such big words, you know, in our yeah. society today, but I think they're, they're truly not defined enough. Like, no. and, and again, everyone's going to have a little bit of a different definition, but if you're not aware of that definition for yourself, you know, walking in a gym or walking in a classroom or wherever you may go, I think it's going to be hard to lead others well. You know, I think about, you know, because I heard you on the uh, basketball podcast with Chris Oliver a while back, and uh, you talked about feedback, getting feedback, and I think that's part of leadership too. Like you talked about having somebody to have kind of a crucial conversation with you about what is you're doing, what is you're not doing right. And I think, you know, you talked about precision as well. Can, can you add the, the, you know, the absolutes, the precision, doing things to perfection? Do you think as a leader, you can apply that to yourself as well, like self-mastery almost, to, to, to get better for each yeah. player that you're working with? You, you have to. You, you, you absolutely have to. And I've noticed um, I'm way, way better uh, for them when I'm way, way better for myself. Yeah. Meaning like if I put that time and investment in and I'm working on that for me, then I'm going to be better whether I'm trying to help someone with their shooting with uh, like, there's one player in the NBA, like every day we talk about his presence as an individual, his mm-hmm. presence, uh, walking in the gym, yeah. his presence, communicating with people throughout the front office, like his presence really, really matters. Yeah. And, uh, Mike, here's like a, an activity I did last week, I just told a couple other coaches about this. So I was going to have five or six uh, high-level players in town, a couple college guys, four NBA guys. And so I write outlines for each of them developmentally. So a major outline I'll have like, okay, we're going to do We need to get better at these four or five areas, shooting, ball handling, you know, and then it's broken down specifically in those areas or whatever that player may need to work on. Okay. But then I made a separate list and I by no means have all the answers. And I, and I'm doing this uh, other list because I need to grow and get better. Not because I'm perfect at this stuff right. because I truly need to grow and get better at it. But then I made a completely separate list. And I think this goes back to the, the question, the point you just made, but I wrote down each player's name and what they need from me. Wow. And not like I said, shooting the ball. So like, as I went through this list, what was pretty profound about it. So I had one guy, I said, man, he needs communication. He needs accountability. He needs uh, patience. Then the next guy went, man, this guy needs affirmation. This guy mm. needs um, energy because he's more of a look. So I wrote down two to three things, sometimes four for each guy. What does he need? Because then when I went out there, I was way more intentional about my communication yeah. or like you said, precision. And again, you asked how I work on this, you know, so, um, and how much it impacts those players. So I went through those things, but then you know what I noticed, Mike, and, you know, I don't mind sharing this, but like every guy, 
I wrote, man, I need to be patient with this guy, patient with this guy, patient with yeah. this guy. Well, one of my biggest flaws as a leader, I'm not very patient. <laughs> and so I was like, how about, how about Phil? Note to self. So then you just work on, work on, yeah, hey, Phil, work on patience overall with everybody. Now, yeah. If you wrote it down for every player, maybe you need to be more patient. But yeah. So I went about that that way this week, and I was just so much more intentional and prepared to, like, when the low energy guy or kind of, you know, the quiet guy was a little bit, you know, more struggling in drills, yeah. I kind of already had my mind made up of what he needed at that point. Instead of, you know, barking at him or getting on him, like, so we could go up and have one-on-one uh, communication, one-on-one talks. And that, that just really, really helped me. But again, I wasn't doing that for them. I was doing it for myself. Yourself, yeah. So as much as I had a skill development outline, I wanted a, you know, somewhat Phil Begner outline of like, bro, you need to get better. You need to work on this stuff. And be aware of coaching these guys this week. Yeah. So, you know, now that, you know, we, the space you're in as a player development coach, and I, and I see you on, on your social, you know, pictures with you and NBA players. And, and really where I, where I was kind of like really excited to see you working with these guys going into the, to the draft, the prospects, that's huge uh, to be able to kind of work with them and have NBA uh, management come in and, and kind of give them an eyeball. Uh how, how, you know, when you work with those type of players in, at that level and even at the high school and the college level, how, you know, how do you translate your leadership skills into building a rapport and gaining their trust? Because you're saying you're using all these comprehensive approaches and, and the way you're digging into who they are as a person, you have to build a rapport. How, how do you do that? Yeah, number one, and uh, this, this has been an area of growth for me, and I just worked on it. Like, number one, you have to know who you truly are and what you're truly about. Self-awareness. Because yeah. Those, those, yeah, those, those values and characteristics I really, really want and I really, really believe in, they're not for everybody. Yeah. Like, I, and I tell guys all the time, hey, my way is not for everybody. There's a whole bunch of other trainers out there. You can do it a whole bunch of other ways. I tell, you know, several agencies hire me, work with their guys. Like, it, my way is not for everybody. But for the first part, having that self-awareness of what I believe in, how I want to do it, what, what we want to get done out there, because when you have that, then when the criticism comes, or then when the feedback comes, or then when someone's unhappy, you know whether that's one of your values, whether that's one yeah. of your beliefs, or whether that's one of your characteristics you really want to stand for. Yeah. And it starts with that, and then it goes to a shared vision. And that was one of the biggest things wow. being, um, you know, because as a coach, we always want to be really, really controlling. We want to <laughs> control the shot clock, control the game, run yeah. up. Yeah, you're laughing because you've coached, you know, on the timeout. We got a yeah. diagram it. you're here, you're here. We wish we could control every dribble, every, you know, every part of the game. But I've really noticed, noticed these guys own their development way more and own uh, their progress, their improvement, their accountability way more when you have a shared vision. But the sure. only way to have a shared vision is to communicate those values and characteristics and things you see up front and honest and early. And w- w- when you do that, I think like the relationship starts to uh, really starts to foster. And like the last thing I've done, and like you said, and, and, and to me, it's a little uncomfortable talking about sometimes because everyone says like high level guys. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the young coaches I mentored the other day said like, Hey, can I come out again? I just really want to be around high level basketball. And I said, what, what, what's high-level basketball to you? He's like, well, you got Damian Lillard in the gym. You have Mikkel Bridges. And they're like, these guys are high-level. And I said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I, w- I want you to start defining high-level. And I tell the players this, these pre-draft guys and 
you know, this is how we build those relationships and build that trust and communication you're asking about. But I said, there's high level basketball, one based on talent and ability and level of play. So it's never going to get any more high level than the NBA. If you have NBA guys in the gym, right. they're going to be the best of the best of so the best athletes, best bodies, best players. It is what it is. Sure. So that's high level. And, and I told this guy, like I said, younger guy, I mentor. And I said, how about this for high level? What if we're running a junior high skill Academy? Can that be high level basketball? And he goes, I don't know. I said, absolutely. It can. Everyone could be on time. Yeah. The floor could be clean. There could be yeah. water bottles out the communication and teaching could be organized. So no matter who's in the gym, we want to do things with a high level. And going back to your other leadership question, when I was around Sam Presti of the Thunder, getting to work around him and the culture and the players and everything he developed there in Oklahoma City, there was just such a high, high level of excellence. Like the level of excellence and the level of accountability was awesome. So these players now, these younger players, to build that trust and communication um, you know, whether it's having water bottles ready, whether it's having towels to wipe their sweat off, whether it's having a detailed plan each day, they walk in and they're like, man, this is a serious approach. These guys yeah. are really investing in us and caring about us. And I think at the end of the day, that translates. Like, guys guys truly, truly buy into those things. For sure, Coach. You know, a couple of things you said, uh, like, a, like a partnership, a shared vision, uh, that, that, that sounds so, like, to me, uh, you know, coming from a, a, a background of my parents were both leaders in the community and still are. And, you know, we're always talking about casting vision. And uh, it's one thing to, to cast vision to a young person, but are you involved in it? Are you uh, locked in and sold out as well to the vision for, for their development, for their life, or for whatever they, they want to, you know, accomplish and their goals are? Um, so with that shared vision, you you have to kind of go into this thing when you're when you're a coach you're a player development coach and the time you spend away from home and things that you have to sacrifice you have to have a shared vision with your spouse with your kids you know kind of kind of in that sense what all do you sacrifice to do what what do you sacrifice to do what you do coach you you know what I think you have to sacrifice um being about you first like it it gets really really tough but you you have to be in my area of work or whatever it is, some people are like, are you an NBA skilled trainer? Like, personally, I hate that name. Like, what, what qualifies you as an NBA? Like, you know what? I'm just a, a player development, person development. I'm just a coach. I'm just a leader. I'm just trying to, you know, help others grow. But, you know, to really help others, I think it's a basic thing we all sacrifice. And, 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 and we have to be aware of that because you can't sacrifice too much sometimes. There's yeah. just, you know, your time your energy, your effort. And um, actually, there was an article wrote about this a, a few years back. Uh, my One of my mentors helped me with it. He said, hey, Phil, you're always pouring into others so much. You're pouring into others, pouring into others. But if you don't allow someone else to pour into you, your cup's going to get empty. Yeah. And then he made a, a, okay, so we all get that. We've all heard that throughout mm-hmm. leadership. Like you said, your parents, I'm sure they probably poured into others more than, than they could mm-hmm. have at times. At times and they were a little yeah. empty or run down. Then, then, and then their sacrifices, man, they, they had to sacrifice their family for that. But he said the best way we can pour into others is through our overflow. Wow. If you can get your yeah. cup full enough, whatever you do personally, spiritually, uh, allowing others to pour into you. Like I have a few kind of, you know, main cues in my life, reading, praying, running, working. Like if my cup's full, 
and we're constantly pouring into others through our overflow, well, then we're not going to get drained. And that was a, they actually wrote an article about it with Lillard a few years back. And he was trying to be such a great teammate, such a great leader, such a great family man. But, and he just wasn't even allowing anyone else to pour into him. I'm like, you're pouring in all these others, you're empty. Allow people to pour into you. And, you know, uh, kind of going back to like these guys, you said, how do you communicate with them? How do you get them to buy in? That shared vision is so important because they have to communicate it with you. Yeah. Like, like guys, I, uh, I won't work them out like unless they're willing to go to lunch or dinner with me. And yeah. talk. I don't care who it is. It could be an NBA all-star. It could be a high school kid. If we can't get to know each other and I don't know their goals or their visions or, you know, wherever they're trying to head, we, we can't ever get on the same page. And here's the biggest thing, I think. This is a great phrase. It's been a major impact for me the last six months. But, um, and, and it's a sacrifice if you think about it. But uh, I tell these guys, like we had a, uh, a top six draft pick this year in, pre-draft, in the pre-draft process. He thinks everyone wants something for him. Everyone wants to take something for him. He doesn't trust as many people. I said, here's the deal. Every day I'm going to show up to train you and pour into you and help you. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. Wow. That's how I'm approaching every day. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And wow. if we could give you that, we want your dreams, your expectations, your everything, everything you want met. That's what we want. What you want is what we want. We don't want anything from you. We don't want tickets. Uh, we don't want autograph. None of that. We don't want something from you. We're going to show up every day because we want something for you. And that's for you to be the best version of yourself and the best basketball player you could be. You know, Coach, I think that's part of we talk about the earlier you alluded to high level, what's high level. I think that's high level coaching and high level. Yeah. I guess being a person, being a human being to say, you know what? It's not that I'm above that and not that I wouldn't enjoy those perks of knowing you, but at the same time, I understand this is about a relationship. This is about me getting to know you. This isn't about what you could do for me. It's more about what can I do for you? And I think that's, that speaks tons and volumes about leadership and why you do what you do that 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 is just so key because so many people can get caught up in uh, in uh, the panage of of who a player is and knowing a player and taking a picture with the player when in reality i agree there's so much to there's so much more involved than just that and there's so much more that can grow from that and so that that's just a really good word yeah and in reality there are people too yeah. Like I, I was going to tweet this last night or today and they're just going to say like, Hey, we, we live in a world of comparison and distraction mm-hmm. every Definitely. day. It's comparison and distraction. There's things that could distract us. There's comparisons that we could make and like, stop thinking about comparison and distraction. And let's just think about people. Yeah. They're people first player second. Like, like, and I know people say this all, but like, they wake up and put, they put their shoes and socks on the same, the same way, way we do. Yeah. And if, if we could quit living in a world of comparison and distraction, like, man, we'll, we'll serve others, we'll impact others, and we'll do our job at a way, way higher level. Yeah, that, it's so true, Coach. I mean, it's just perspective, having the right perspective about why you're doing what you're doing. Now, when we talk about in, in the, you know, inspiring kids and players and, and influencing them, like the way we're talking about uh, – what influences you or inspires you to get up every day and accomplish your goals? You know, I, I think it, it goes back to just my personal story. People I had, uh, you know, I grew up with somewhat of, of a rough childhood or, you know, didn't, didn't have a dad growing up throughout my life. Um, and I think there are some people that kind of, 
stepped up and did it for me and mm-hmm. helped me out and, you know, kind of made me the person and coach or player I was back then. And, um, you know, I, I want to be able to do that for someone else. And I think, you know, personally, my faith, you know, what I believe in, um, you know, as a Christian, as a follower, like wh- whatever you want to call it, like at the end of the day, there's some great examples there that, that I want to serve others and, you know, love others that way too. Yeah. And, um, you know, it really hit me uh, two years ago. I, I made somewhat people think of a crazy decision to left college to leave college basketball. Mm-hmm. And um, I was 35 years old. I was associate head coach at Boise State. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone thinks, oh, you're climbing, you're rising, you're this, you're yeah. that. And deep down, I, I, I didn't feel like I was making the, the true impact I wanted to be mm-hmm. or I wanted to do. I wasn't becoming the person I wanted to be. And, so I, you know, I took somewhat of a risk. I thought I was going to take an NBA job. That didn't seem like the, the right fit, the right time. And, um, you know, still, still left college basketball. But I was driving to a clinic to speak. I was in the backseat of an Uber. And, again, your question was, what, what, what makes me get up every day and do this? And I know Damian Lillard's been super, super successful. You know, hit that shot in the playoffs. He's yeah, been an NBA all-star, all this different stuff. But um, bigger than that, I've known that kid since he was 18 years old. You know, I've coached him since his freshman year of college. And uh, and again, but it goes back to relationships, leadership, all this stuff you're talking about. So I'm driving to this clinic. It's about three weeks after I left um, Boise State, deciding whether I'm going to take an NBA job or just be my own player development guy, kind of going back and forth. I'm in the backseat of an Uber driving to this clinic. And I said, uh, I texted Dane. I said, hey, I have three topics today probably going to speak to over 300 coaches and um one topic pick and roll play another topic player development another one's building and sustaining a high level culture i said 300 coaches any of those topics give me something to throw out like give me something really really good to like tell these guys you know he could be like always change pace in the pick and roll always get your eyes up with finish you know i figured you have some great basketball nuggets all right down Mm -hmm. i'm gonna sit in the uber waiting we're driving you know hotel to hotel to speak all of a sudden, my phone buzzes, and I look, and there's three words there. There's just three words in this text message responded to mine about the areas I have, what I should tell these 300-some-odd coaches, and I've coached this kid since he was 18 till he's 28 years old now. He's been an all-star, been rookie of the year, all these great things, and to still influence and impact pay off, his three words were impact somebody else. Wow. That's strong. And I was like... Very profound. I was like, this is what it's about. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is like years and years of investment of that. And <laughs> he wants to tell 300 some on coaches, like impact somebody else. So yeah. why do I wake up and do what I do? So those texts, those texts come through, but then also, so guys like Dame and younger players I've coached or mentor. So they go and impact somebody else. Like there, there's no bigger thrill. There's no bigger investment to see these guys in the gym, pouring into each other, building relationships, there's a connection. There's a community of guys getting better. And, you know, Lillard was just here last week and have two young college guys. One got sent home. Actually, he got his, his coach is telling him like, Hey, you need to go play somewhere else. Your body language, your attitude, none of this is good enough. And, wow. um, I'm coaching him. He gets done with his session. Uh, Dane just walks right up to him, puts his arm around him, starts coaching him and talking to him. Wow. And I'm like, Holy cow, that's bigger than me. That's bigger than this kid getting sent home to have a, a player of his caliber care about someone else, hear someone else's story, and just go and try to impact them. So that, that's why I wake up and do what I do. That's why it was a risk leaving college basketball when you're associate head coach yeah. and then having some NBA options and turning those down and still, you know, doing this. Like, man, it, it just it really, really makes it worth it and you know, kind of 
just you know what we're becoming out here in Phoenix and, and what we're trying to build. Yeah, no, and, and it's and it's a uh, you're building something great there, Coach. And uh, you know, uh, earlier before we, we we got on, we talked about timing and the timing of how everything goes, and I think that's part of it as well. Because when I heard you left, like you're talking about the the, the idea of leaving as an associate head coach, like wow, you're you're on the rise, man. Like just hang in there a couple more years, yeah. and you, somebody's going to offer you something. <laughs> and then of course with you know the the Hutchinson kid. You know, a lot of people were on you hot because of that, too, because I know the great job you did with Damon yep. and with him and, and with other players as well. It really took like a leap of faith and and, and really here again, self-awareness and trusting yourself and knowing where you were headed uh, with yep. that, with that coach. Uh, you know, the last question I'm going to ask you and I ask all my guests is what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? What do you want people to say? You know what, Coach Beckner, man, he was, you know, Maybe even your family. What 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 is it that you want your legacy to be? That's a great question. I think that's something um, that's somewhat evolving with me still, kind of where I'm at in my life and where you know who I am as a person. But um, you know, there's been one kind of kind of phrase that that stuck with me a lot to uh, a church I go to out here, and um, you know, they just talk about like man, live well or yeah. pray well or serve well or coach well. You know, I, I hope when they, you know, when people look back at me, at least right now, they, they say like, you know, what, he lived well or he impacted well or he served well. And that that's something that's still evolving with me. You know, I, I hope they say, you know, as a good person, did things the right way, all, all that, you know, th- those are the easy things. But, you know, to go really deep, um, you know, I, I want them to be like, man, that, that guy impacted me and, and I'm going to impact someone else because of it. Coach, fantastic word there. I, uh, you know, I know your time is limited. It's it's at a premium because you're you're in demand right now. And and I like I said, I'm praying to hope that that it continues to be that way for you. Uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate everything you've done for the game and how you're trying to grow the game, even in your sphere, which is a nice looking sphere from from the out, outlooker. But also because you're building relationships. That's uh, to me. That's the key to coaching, and it's always going to be the key because I'm I'm a lot like you. I started 24 years ago with a group of four and five year olds. And, uh, you know, I never, I never thought to myself, you know, I want to be known for anything other than let's make sure my little brother and his friends have a good time and let's, let's teach us, let's coach him up. And so coach, I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, just, you know, again, praying for you, your family and, and everything and all your success to continue. So thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Coach Lopez, you do a great job. You know, I've always been a big fan of yours. And I just, I just want you to know the gratitude is mutual, what you're doing with this podcast and what you're trying to do to serve others and grow the game and impact the game. That's why, you know, I really wanted to make time and make this work. But, um, you know, gratitude goes, goes both ways. So keep doing what you do, and I uh, really appreciate you. Thank you, Coach. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.